Hey listeners, this is one of your hosts, Kevin. Join us for our new podcast, where we discuss the weird, the bizarre, and the odd that were on primetime television. In our new podcast, Primetime Oddities, you can listen to the first episode in our Star Trek We Trust feed. New episodes coming at you very soon. And welcome to In Star Trek We Trust. This is part three of our Star Trek Picard Season 1 Review and Analysis Series. My name is Ethan, and I am joined, as always, by... You're joined by Kevin. And today we will be asking the big questions, and the small questions, and the medium-sized questions from Season 1. The questions we're left with, the burning questions, and the not-so-burning questions. Um, but also maybe a little bit of speculation going into uh, season two as well. Certainly, or at least questions come from this. Yes, about yes. Two. It's it's questions that are that are ra- that's raising speculation. Yes. So, um, cool. So this is part three. This is our final podcast for um, season one of Star Trek Picard. I know it's been a uh, it's been a long. It feels like it's been a long season. This is actually our season finale. This is the end of our third season. Yeah, it's been a fun... I'd say it's really been enjoyable watching this show. Before we get into this, does it feel to you like... Does it feel like the season for the show really flew by for Picard? Kind of. Yeah, because it was very... um, It was a very engrossing season. Yeah. You know, we were pulled into the story, I feel. Yep. I didn't feel that there was much filler... There was no, there was really no filler, honestly. I don't think so, but yeah, some people out there do. That <laughs> depends on what you're looking for when you watch the show, too. I guess depends That's on what you're watching for. You, here's you, the thing: if all you want is plot, then yes, this this season would seem like a huge waste of time. Yeah, I've actually heard one review saying that um, I don't understand why this took ten episodes. It should have been two, maybe a three parter at most, and then we could have had Picard as a. Uh, Android and a little bit old, and could have moved on. Which I, it, yes, you would have had absolutely no character development and no character. Yeah, that would have worked maybe if it was an episode of Next Generation. Yes, but he also would have been human again by the end. Yeah, I mean, and there would have been no, and there would have been no ramifications from that, in my opinion, if they had done this on Next Generation. Right. Yeah, I mean, it would have been filler if all you tuned into was for the Borg stuff. Yes. Yeah. That's so I like when people. I, I've I've had conversations like this where people talk about Next Generation. Where we're talking about how like the show doesn't really do a lot of story arcs. They just do like the you know the two part episodes. And like, well, yeah, most episodes are just filler. And I was like, filler for what though? There's no <laughs> ongoing storyline that you know. Yeah, that was shows were filler. The show show was filler. 
That's whatever, yeah. If you look at it that way as a single episode, as a filler episode, then yes, right. every TV show at the time was nothing but filler. It was filler. all filler. Exactly. Except soap operas. Yeah. Or, yeah. Unless you're, like, talking about Dallas or something like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everything else. Pure yeah. filler. <laughs> yeah, the whole show was filler, yeah. So, um, yeah, so we've got some, I think we've got some burning questions that um, definitely need um, addressing. And also, um, we were kind of touched upon it last week. Maybe identifying places throughout the season where we feel like there could have been some, well, there were potentially some missed opportunities. Mm. We kind of went into a little bit of that too, but um, I think the, I think the biggest question I have right now is now that Picard is a synth or has a synth body, you know, what does that mean for him? I guess going into next season, right? Like, how is this gonna? inform his character in the future it kind of like kind of reminds me of when pike saw his future as in the wheelchair there's definitely potential there to explore like what effect that has on him as a character and we saw on the show that it um we uh, at least there were no negative impacts from what we saw but you know if there was a Pike series, for example, that's something that we could explore. And so for Picard, I wonder how is this going to affect him going forward? It's, I will get to that, but you just made me think of a thought that I did have earlier was their other option for Picard, aside from putting him in a synth body would have been to give him the Pike treatment. They could have given him a box with a light. You think they still do that in the 24th century though? <laughs> Maybe if you don't have good insurance. Yeah. No, of course there's no health insurance in the future. Um, Everyone knows that. Yeah, I, I that's that's a bit. I mean, we already knew that he had an artificial heart anyway, but now it's basically. I mean, it's like it's his whole body now. Yeah, he's like good Vader, good Darth Vader. Yeah, and you were saying before we began recording just now, you were wondering like, you know, does he have an emotion chip? Does he have? And you were thinking about all the right. things that he has. And I was thinking, I don't know if it's totally clear. Like if we know what the extent of this whole thing. Right. Is. Or does he not need the motion chip because he has his brain, but does he have his whole brain? Right. And is this a perfect system since it's not any technology that I know of having Trek before. Mm. I wonder if there are any kinks that we don't know about yet where they don't actually transfer everything. And has Star Trek ever, I know Star Trek, Hmm. All right, this is, we're going to get controversial right off the bat. But I do believe that one could say that the overall Star Trek is an atheistic show. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? I guess. I, I, I admittedly don't know enough about atheism to say one way or the other. No God. That's it. They don't believe in God. Um, they don't believe in, well. Do you think Star Trek does not believe in God? That's the question. Star Trek Five aside? Well, that was, would have been further uh, proof that there was no God. Since... Well, I think Roddenberry was an atheist, so what does that tell you? So if we go to the to the original, right? That's what everybody wants, Gene's yeah. vision. Because after all, what does God need with a starship? Right. But then I guess when you get Deep Space Nine into it, there are gods. Well... You know, you also have to wonder with with that. I mean, I think with Roddenberry at the very least, um, I think he was more talking about humans. I don't think he was. 
I don't think that meant that other alien species couldn't or could have gods, because yeah, obviously the the um the Bajorans did. You saw that Cisco and Starfleet at first were like didn't you know weren't believing in this whole prophets and yes sort of thing, or they just thought it was a little ridiculous. But um, mm-hmm. you know. well, here's my big question: Did they trans? Do they do? Do they believe that Picard and people have souls? And if so, does Picard still have a soul? I mean, you have to think of that moment with, that he had with Data when he died. So mm-hmm. clearly there's some sort of... There's clearly some sort of afterlife type of thing going on here, right? Um, Maybe, but also he was a digital... He was right. an AI at that point almost. Right. Or a real... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I can't, I don't know. I can't say. Yeah. Well, that's a question that I have. Yeah. Because I feel that, I feel that, honestly, I think Star Trek has been, obviously it's been many writers over many years and sometimes it seemed to be very atheistic and sometimes it's yeah not. So I, I wonder if we'll deal with that at all. Yeah. I mean, you remind me of a quote from the original series episode, the Corporal Might Maneuver when Baylock says to uh, Kirk, and his crew when he's holding the enterprise basically hostage saying we make assumptions that you have a deity or deities or some such beliefs which comfort you mm, yeah yeah right, right not that they're real or based on anything actual but just that they comfort you yeah yeah and definitely i think the original series always gave me that impression that it was a um Religion was one of those other things that they had moved past. Yeah. As an yeah, example, definitely. racism and but, capitalism. But it's it's interesting because don't forget that the episode of Discovery, New Eden, they went into this whole religious aspect. Um, Pike's father, <laughs> Pike's father was a. Um, did he say he was a preacher? Uh, yes, but also they didn't say it was very strange that he would be a preacher at that time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Pike knew a lot about religion, at least from historical aspects. Yes. Yeah. And didn't somebody so, even make a point like, oh, you believe in religion? Like, I think it was seen as a little strange. Yeah. Because I think when they when they arrived at New Eden, the the inhabitants of New Eden believed that the crew of Discovery was brought there sort of by some deity or some by some godlike power. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And... Um, I don't know if that's the I best think- example for this, but... No, I think you're right, though, because I think whatever Pike said, although that was earlier, it definitely seemed like he talked about how he didn't necessarily believe in religion, but he believed that there was some sort of higher power, right? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. So so it could be like, that they, maybe, at least in Star Trek's time, they don't practice a type of religion, but they don't seem to be, um, you know, they seem to be okay with maybe there's something, but they don't know. It's not their driving force, right? And that's, it's not something they're going to sort of wage war over each other about. Yeah. yeah. So, I wonder if he has a soul. Um, well, it took us 15 minutes to potentially answer that question. So, right. So, like, you yeah. could definitely get a lot of episodes out of that, writers. Go for yeah. it. But I don't think any of those episodes we discussed really sort of inform, really give us an answer to that question, right? No, no. Um, but I think first we had to figure out, did they believe in an afterlife at all first. Yeah. That was the yeah. first thing to solve. Yeah. So that we is that, well, we definitely know that the Klingons have an afterlife. Still have a core. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
So. so that's interesting, too, because there was an interview with Michael Chabon, who we've said his name wrong all season of our show, so we now are saying it right, Chabon, not Shaban or whatever I was saying. Um, so Michael Chabon, um, one interview somewhere, he's doing an a, not an AMA, but something like that on some social media platform. He just loves it. I think I mentioned this before, and he said that um, there's this deep philosophy... Mm, question or riddle to ponder if there's a ship and you've replaced every piece of wood of every board on the ship over time is it the same ship right and somehow they're going to deal with that with Picard, so that'll be perhaps interesting it's an interesting aspect it's not something i really um considered right yeah Yeah. but as i mentioned before also right near us we have the uss constitution a ship that was in the war of 1812 Mm mm-hmm However, if you go and see it, which many, many people do, there's not a single piece of wood on it or a piece of metal or anything except for maybe a cannon that was actually in the War of 1812. Yeah, so... So many times. And what you're saying is this sort of raises the question in Picard's case, or just really anything, but in the case of Picard, like, what is it that makes him Picard? Like, if you can change everything about at least his appearance, what is it about him that makes him this person? Yes, and yeah, is he still like, is, it the st- is he still the same person? Yeah. Yeah. Or will he behave somewhat differently? Yeah. Given that now he's not and complete. This is the cool thing. I mean, we wondered that about Saru in Discovery when he um, had that transformation. Oh, right, right. We yes. began he to wonder it was cool, yes. what's going to happen to him now. Like, is he, because he now has no fear, how do mm-hmm. we, how does that inform his character? What does that mean for him? You know, is he going to find himself being far more um, confident and maybe overconfident and stuff? So, and we got we got tastes of it, but um, right, I think it would be more fundamental in his case than it was. Yeah, because he was the only Kelpian who, at that time, had gone beyond that stage. Yeah, it'd be like almost like a kid. Yeah, when you kid before and after puberty, they're very different. Right. Yeah. Not always good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm curious how this is going to affect him. I mean, it, it also makes me think of that scene with him in seven of nine, when she said, when you were, when you, um, escaped from the collective, did you feel like you regained all of your humanity? Right. He said, no, which is very surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Although I guess it means he's doing a good job at not giving in. To right. This thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that gets to something else is what will Picard's role now be? And I think this leads logically into one of my questions, um, which is sort of we, we discussed last week how the big picture and I felt the missed opportunity that this season had was that it, I didn't feel that it grappled with any big ideas, even though it had so many opportunities to. Yep. You can talk about like, what is life and consciousness? Do they count as conscious and mm-hmm. create a, a mechanical person? Are they a citizen or all these things? Yeah. But so now for Picard, what will? So but my big question is like, what was the point? I agree that I enjoyed the heck out of the season. Hmm. I like the characters. I enjoyed the mystery and the and the story. Um, and but in the end, what was the big takeaway? I think the big takeaway maybe was that um, Picard taught Soji to trust humanity. He built this bridge between synthetic life and humanity. Yep. But what? Um, now that he is a synth, what what, what are they going to do with that? You know, it would it. I feel that it would be a. 
huge letdown if next season it was just regular Picard. Yeah, as if nothing ever happened. Yes, yeah. and every once in a while he would just have to, um, you know, open up the back of his head like Data or something. Well, because there were those moments with Soji and Dodge, more so with Dodge, when they were activated, right? They didn't mm-hmm. quite know what to do or how to react to this whole thing. And right. I wonder if, even though Picard's not a synth that needs to be kind of activated. Right. And he has no special powers, remember. Is he going to have a similar moment where. Yeah. He just doesn't know how to react. He doesn't know what to do. Yeah. It's got to be very. There's no way that he could just feel exactly the same. It would be very weird. And do you think this is something that he's going to keep to himself? I think no. Here's why. So I have my theory, which I'll just get into. I'm kind of going, I'm jumping around a bit. But I do think next season, an important part of it, I hope, and this is sort of one of my questions, is will it be about fighting for the full acceptance of the XBs and the sense into mm. Starfleet? Yep. And Picard would then be perfect as the best ambassador for them or the person to fight for that because everyone knows him. Everyone trusts him. They respect him. And now he's going to stand up there and say, you don't trust since. Do you trust me? You know me. I'm a synth now. I'm one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, it could. And I like that. Do you trust, do you, you know, do you therefore not trust me because I am a synth? Um, yeah. It makes you wonder. Cause when you say he could be the ambassador to them, it makes me think about, the supernova and him really going to bat for the Romulans, right? Could this be kind of a parallel type of thing where he now, he at least attempted to help the Romulans out and he got some of them on his side, but yeah, is this now going to be a similar case with the synths? I, I would like to think so because yeah, I, mean, I think that could be some of the big idea they, that I, where he could really be fighting for it. And, and if there is, are prejudices left in um, the the population of the of Starfleet and the Federation, like there seemed to be from what we saw, um, it would be nice for him to be able to because uh, fight against those. They talked about at the end of the episode that they lifted the the <laughs> ban on synths, and right. what I'm wondering about is now because and this is one of those things. This kind of raises another question, right? In 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 our quest for more context around some of these things. Does this mean that we're now going to see more synths like Data, like Soji, like Dodge in the Federation? Did synths like that exist already in the Federation and we just didn't see them? Because we only saw really one type of synth within the Federation. We just saw like those sort of worker type of synths who didn't at least have the exterior appearance that Dodge and Soji and all the other ones that we saw on that planet have. Right, so, or are those the only ones? Those are ones those the mean? only ones? Because, don't forget, Dodge and Soji were sent out there to find out what happened, and so they could easily pass as humans, so much so that they thought they were human. So yes. it's like, okay, but were they the first ones? Or are there other ones? I mean... Right. Yeah. I, I think the show has led us to believe that they're the only ones, only because they made such a big deal about how even Girardi was surprised that um, Maddox was even able to do it. 
Right. Able- yeah. Well, actually, you're right because she. I remember that because now she said in the first episode that nobody has been able to duplicate the science that was done to create data. Right. They needed a neuron of his. Which right. Which we then find out they did. So. We found yeah. one in the debris field from uh, Nemesis, I guess. Right? But that's also interesting. So, what does that mean now going forward? Does that mean that? you can't make any more sense that look that human or like, in other words, what aspect of the neuron was it that oh, allowed them right. to be created? Like, or did they just, did they unlock how it works and now they can make as many as they want? Right. Um, that's what I'm not sure of. So, cause it's seems to me, okay, we can make a synth very easy. The, 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 the problem seems to be that they can't make they couldn't make a synth that at least looks entirely entirely human right but but what we saw on the planet yeah um actually most of them had the gold like yeah but i mean that's just a way i think to let us know so that's a good question so are soji and formerly dodge the only ones that were in that type of well, but the thing is, now you have Picard. Right. He doesn't yeah, have gold true. eyes. He doesn't have gold eyes, right? That's true. Yeah. That's true. So I, guess, so I guess my question is more about, is it an appearance thing, or is it just more about, or is it both? Or is it sort of yeah. the positronic brain, is it how that whole thing works, right? I thought it was, so, the big thing was that they literally are made from cells. Yeah. Instead of, like, data was a, you know, he was a machine. He had microchips and processors. And yeah. Well, I think the, my assumption is, is that the more human they look, the more advanced a synth they probably are, right? And on that planet, you saw, like, three different types. You saw Dodge, the Dodge Soji type, where they look completely human. Then mm-hmm. you saw the ones that had the gold eyes. Yeah. But then on um, Utopia Planitia, they so were like they were like a they were like a step down from that, right? They all look yeah. the same, right? So yeah. it's almost I like you saw, what, yeah. So what does the synth ban being lifted mean for those the B four types? I mean, now everybody's going to run out and buy a B four type to, you know, mold their lawn. Yeah, I mean, is it is it just that cut and dry? Is it just a synth is a synth? It doesn't matter how advanced or it is. It's it's still a synth, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, will they still allow that though? Yeah. Because it seemed like that seemed the closest to slavery, as like was mentioned in the, um, you know, measure of, the man. measure of a man. So because they seemed like slavery, because they were so simple that you could. So it's like, them. so it's like, what is sort of the what is sort of the delta here? What is the difference between all of them that makes them so advanced? And it's like I said, I think it's just meant to be purely. I think the visual representation of them is just yeah, the more human they look, the more advanced they probably are. Right, yes. but and I wonder will, yeah. will the people accept this lifting of the ban? Yeah, because it's interesting now in Star Trek. This is a whole new thing to consider: is how the people, the citizens, will react. Yeah, and how the citizens will react, but also we don't know. It's like we saw the sins that that were working at Utopia Planitia, right? But it's like, is that it? Are there synths? Are there actually right. synths serving on? Other Federation vessels, like how, how sort of widespread are they well, within Star Wars? They would Wars? not have been at the point that we picked up because they were banned, right? 
Right, but I'm, what I'm saying is, like, just before that, like, so before the oh, attack okay. on Mars, like, you know, it at least seems to me, because they say there's a, now there's a ban on synths, so that tells me that synths were pretty widespread throughout the Federation. My question is, in sort of, my sort of question is, okay, but in what capacity? Are they only yeah. worker synths like we see on Utopia Planitia? Are they actually officers in Starfleet like Data? Like, That's what is the, assumption. yeah. Here's why, because it seemed like what Girardi was saying was that there, it was their mission to make more like data-like, but they couldn't until they got that neuron. So all they could make at that point was B4 style. That's the impression I got. Okay. Yeah, I'm willing to go with that. But I guess the other question is, could Maddox have sent more out? I mean, I don't. I think they would, would have come up. Hmm. Now that leads right into a, an interesting one of my other questions, which is where, uh, the one I've been asking all season. We don't have to spend that much time on it. We've been asking it all season. Kind of where you're going. Where is Lore? Where is where is Data's brother Lore? Mm-hmm. Why didn't Data's brother Lore? Why wasn't he mentioned? Why wasn't he brought up? Why didn't he play a role in the season? I just want to know where he is. Yeah. If he's not going to be part of the, the next season, then just heck, tell me where it happened. <laughs> you, just need a li- you just need a line of dialogue that says where he is, right? Yeah, yeah. or even if they put up a plaque like in memory of data in memory of lore. and lore. I'd be happy with that. I'd say, okay, fine. Yeah. No, somehow. but it's it's look, even if lore doesn't play it doesn't play into the plot, okay. But where is he? Because he's also a synth, right? So where yes, is he? Exactly. Yeah. And he also had as advanced of a brain as data. Exactly. So that's the biggest so thing. So I don't they all this time when they're saying they needed a positronic neuron and the only place they kept saying it, the only place we could get that was from data. That's why it drove me crazy. Right. And why it kept me wondering always, because they kept saying it again and again. The only, I mean, the only could, we needed data. From a, writer, the only from a writer's point of view, I can understand why data, because you know it's data, right? But that's your, that's kind of your hook, right? But yeah, it, it still begs the question. Well, where? Yeah, lore's out there too. Yes. So I don't know if lore was brought into this, how big of an impact he would have had on the story. The context to at least mention him by name was there for ten episodes straight. Yeah. So and, you know he could have been as big or a little as they wanted to write him. Right. So right, at least mention him just to sort of get him out of the way because people may be asking that question and saying. Well, like it could have been kind of like what we were saying with Discovery, right? It just needed to be a line of dialogue. Like Picard could say, "Well, what about lore?" Oh no, we can't use lore because of X, Y, Z or something like that. Or, lore, or whatever the reason is that lore isn't there, that's your point to give the, give you a status update on where he is. And then you're like, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. And that was the thing that it it, it never let it get in my way because I enjoyed the season so much. But it's a question that kept popping up in my head. Yeah, and I guess I guess if I were going the route of many of the, um, you know, people that are sort of professional franchise and media haters, yep. I could have an hour long video where I yell about yeah the fact that there was no lore. Now this is a total piece of garbage because there was no lore, but I don't think that that's true. I just think it's, I want to know. So my next question, and then lore feeds into this, is you know what's going on with the board cube? What's going to go? What's going to happen to the XBs? Um, mm-hmm. you know, because you recall for I'd say for ha- at least ha- the 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 back half of the season, I kept beginning I was beginning to wonder, 
what's the point of this board cube? Why is this here? Right. Mm -hmm. And even though we kind of decided why it was there, which, you know, to remind everybody who may not have heard, we just kind of decided, we don't know if this is the answer. We just kind of decided, you know, it's more for symbol. It seems like it's there. They're there for more symbolic reasons, right? You've got full on synths. You've got full on humans. The Borg seem to be in the middle. It's yeah, you know. Um, I mean, even though the Borg are not just humans, there are other assimilated species as well. But it's um, so. But now I'm wondering what's going to happen to them because that Borg cube is crashed down on the planet, and they're on that planet with the uh, rest of the synths. What's going to happen then? And uh, yeah, because yeah. that board cube was really presented as a very key factor in this whole season. And yet, in my opinion, aside from the theory I just told everybody what we decided, it never felt like it was something that never to me really felt like it needed to be there. So yes, well, but now we have a situation where on the planet of the synths we have a board cube that is at least still partially enabled. And a bunch of XBs. So, yeah. and I think that they will, you know, integrate them into their society, probably. I think, th I think that'd be really cool if they did that because, um, you know, maybe they'll have some sort of a purpose. I did like the fact that the Borg were there simply because you had the Hugh storyline, which seemed to pick up on a thread that we saw at the end of Descent. Yes. And, but, I do think it fit well because it it's almost there was a parallel between this is only just coming to me now, but there was a parallel between the Borg and the Synths. Mm -hmm. Because both were these populations that were um, victims sort of used to perpetrate an attack on they were these feared. people. They were feared. Yeah, so then they were yeah. feared because they were used by someone else in order to become weapons and now they were seen as you know yeah, tainted or evil yeah. or violent so maybe it was like here's another alternative like if the synths don't get integrated they could wind up like the xbs which is like feared controlled try to exploit them for their power things like that yeah i'm i i actually like that idea a lot that i and it it never occurred to me that the Borg were sort of paralleling the sense in terms of them just being a very feared race causing all of this destruction. Yeah, but it's not really their fault. It's not their fault. And yeah, that's not even, that's actually not something I actually considered. So that's, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. And, um, the other thing is you, you, people would, you know, it would be very hard. It would be very hard for people to accept yeah. a group. Right. Well, and it's also, and just sort of as a side comment about the Borg, I mean, it's the first time that you get to see the Borg sort of in a way that make them more like victims than before. I mean, in a way, well, we knew they were victims Picard already. In seven. Picard in seven, we got. But the but the thing is, like, I don't know if people ever really thought of, I don't know if we ever really considered, and when I say we, I mean like the the, the fans, not just us. We knew that Picard and seven were victims, right? But the entire Borg race. It's a race of victims, you yeah. know, and I don't think that's something that we ne we ever really thought of in that way. Except when we got Hugh. Hugh, I think, probably explored more than anybody. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't like they were a race that started off with a few and then just it grew more and more. Like, 
they weren't a race born into cybernetics. They, I right. mean, we, we, we don't know the history, but it's, it's an entire race of victims. And I don't think that that's something that, you know, f- fandom ever really thought of. They were just thought yeah. of this as this overwhelming force that would cause all of this destruction. But we yeah. never really stopped to think, no, they're victims. Every single yeah. one of them. They're all victims. And if anything, that's probably one of the coolest things this show did, even though, as you said, they maybe didn't explore it as much as they could have. But yeah. once you hear heard, oh, the Borg are going to be in this, right? What did everyone think? They did not think the Borg were going to be, you know, being right. harvested for their weapons and have essentially no power whatsoever. Yeah. They probably yeah. probably thought, oh, there's going to be like, Sporgs are going to be attacking and assimilating. Well, I, you remember what I thought was going to happen initially. I thought, that, and I'm, I'll say it again, I thought the reason they were there was, I didn't know if they were going to factor into the plot. All I thought, and this was only based off the early trailers, all I thought was, it was this sort of derelict Borg cube, the Romulans... As a, <laughs> Damn it! I tried to pause my mic and I couldn't do it. All right. Um, all right, so I'll start again. So you, so I, and I said it several times over the course of the season, I think, where at least early on, I thought that the reason the board were going to be there, I didn't, I didn't think they were going to be the villains of the season. Nothing in the trailer told me that, except for their borginess. Well, because I was able to examine the trailer to the point where it didn't seem like they were the they were the villains, right? What I thought was going on was I thought the Romulans, as a result of the supernova, the entire race was in disarray, and they were scrounging around for every bit of technology that they could find. And I think it was that thought was also reinforced by the fact that in the trailer I saw the old Romulan bird of prey, and I was like, oh, so they're just they're using whatever means they have because they are this completely, you know, disoriented now almost third world race in a way. That would have been great if it were And that's what I thought it was. I And I thought it was like Romulans basically competing for resources, right? Yeah. But that didn't seem to be the case, which, you know, would lead me into my next question about wanting to know more, wanting to know the status of the Romulan Empire. But before I go there, you know, let's finish up with this. So. Yeah. So the other thing is that we want to know the status of the Borg and the XBs. Are there a lot of XBs around? Yeah. Or is it just that <laughs> ship? Where are the Borg now? Are there more? Are there more actually threatening Borg around? Well, see, and this is an interesting thing because, the, and so this is, a, I can spin up, spin this off into another question. So, we don't know the status of the Borg as a race currently because the way Voyager ended left a lot of open-ended questions. And right, it was, they were out what twenty years later. Say that again. <laughs> and we're now twenty years later. Yeah, that and. We have since before the series. The last time we saw the Borg was in the finale of Voyager, which is 2001, so 19 years ago, almost 20 years ago. We don't know what happened to the Borg after that. Right. Um, were there more? And plus, with the Borg, there's always the, the the possibility that there was like another cluster of Borg somewhere that could show up. Right. I mean. It went a little bit the first contact route because the Borg Queen was in the final episode. The Borg Queen got defeated yet again. Voyager yeah. destroyed a massive Borg transwarp hub. But even before that, Voyager initiated a civil war within the Borg, which didn't seem to be going anywhere, either, which didn't seem to go anywhere either. So mm. I think because of Voyager, unfortunately, 
it leaves a lot of questions about what the status of the Borg is. And, you know, whether the Borg is a race or in disarray right now, Picard doesn't seem to answer that question. It's just, it's with this one ship. That one ship doesn't represent the entire collective. So we don't know what the status of the Borg is. They're probably fine. That's my assumption. The Borg seem to be able to make it through a lot of shit. So, yeah. Yeah. Then also, what's the status of the XBs? Are there more Borg current? Right. And did any of them just go off and try to start a new life? You know, because it seemed like they, if they wanted to, they could have said, just drop me off on this planet. I'm going to make so, so it's really interesting, right? So I know you've only dabbled in Voyager. I forget how much you've seen. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why I never brought this up. There is a third season episode of Voyager called, the episode's called Unity where they actually, it's the first Borg-centric episode, where they actually find a derelict Borg ship floating in space. Okay. Kind of like what you see in Picard, right? But yeah. all of the Borg on there, none of them are active, not everything. It's like the ship was just completely disabled, right? You find, Do they have seven on their crew yet? No, this is the, this is the season right before, right? Yeah. Now, here's what's fascinating about this. First Contact had already come out. Right, and it had come out several months before. So my initial thoughts, and I know I'm maybe getting a little off course there, but I think this is worth going into. My initial thought was, since the Borg Queen was defeated in First Contact, I thought the reason that there was a disabled Borg ship on Voyager, I thought, oh, is this sort of like, is this collective wide now? Like, is are the has the collective basically shut down because the Queen died? Right. Mm-hmm. Turns out that's not the case. However, it was I think I think they I think they established ago it was some sort of like electric storm that disabled the whole Borg ship. But the subplot of that episode is that there's actually a group of ex Borg living down on a planet. Oh. And they've like basically established this sort of society and they call it the Borg Cooperative. Okay, so they've they're no longer connected. No, exactly. But they're but the thing is, they're connected to each other, not the collective. But they're connected to each other. Wouldn't that be cool if you revisited that? And so, I think it's maybe worth checking out because yeah. it kind of follows a similar path. Like, it, there's nobody like harvesting them for parts. It's nothing too extreme like what we see in Picard. But the idea that there are these ex Borg. Yeah, that no one wants. That no one wants, but they're linked to each other, and they sort of start this like society. It's actually kind of—I don't think it's a—I don't think it's really regarded as a good episode, but it's actually a very interesting idea because that was sort of the first time you were able to sort of explore what an ex Borg drone really was. I mean, Picard and Hugh, like they, Hugh was separated from the collective just for a little while. Picard was only in the collective for a little while, but like these were like long term. These were basically what the XBs. This this like these were like the early versions of what the XBs are now. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe there are other clusters like that around, and now this is an opportunity to make them a bigger part of the story. I would. I really hope that. The Borg will play a bigger role next season. It's interesting because in, in Picard, Hugh says no Romulans have been assimilated that I'm aware of. And there's actually a Romulan who was assimilated in that episode. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> that I was talking about. So, um, um, yeah. I would, so I would recommend, I would recommend, you know, maybe you check that out or we do a commentary yeah. on it or something like that. Yeah. I think that that would then, you know, in retrospect, 
justify the Borg. Not that I feel it needs to be justified, but I know that you're not alone in feeling like the Borg in this season were not totally had much of a reason to be there. So mm. yeah, if they show next season, more importantly, that would be great because they're establishing something now that they'll explore later. Yeah. But that leads me into uh, the other question I was asking multiple times throughout the season is I want to know just for context, I kind of, I want to get a sense of where the Romulan empire is and sort of the status of the Romulan empire, because they talked for the longest time about how the supernova played a key role in the show, which it did, but I I wanted to know what the status was of sort of the Romulan as a civil the Romulans as a civilization, right? I know it's twenty years ago. You can probably make some sort of recovery. The Romulans are an empire, so there are other worlds that they can go into. But what were sort of the what was sort of the aftermath of all of this? Where, what, how did the Romulans kind of reestablish themselves? Because to me, even though it's 20 years later, they don't seem to be any less of a threat in Picard than they were in the Next Generation days or original series days or just before the supernova took place. So it didn't seem to me that that had to... I mean, I don't know if that's the aspect they were going for, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, other than having a treaty with... Starfleet about the board cube. Yeah. I didn't see anything that they were in any position of like lessened strength. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I think to myself, like, I mean, you're the history teacher, right? Like, so like when the Soviet union collapsed, right? Like, well, look, we have Putin now, but so that actually could be a good example, right? Yeah. Because the Soviet union collapsed and you know, it's, people thought, oh, its power is slowly lessened, and then you have Putin who slowly through the years works to rebuild it in this way. I mean, then on Russia's not very powerful now, but it's certainly. It's but even like in the in, in like the immediate aftermath of the collapse of the Soviet Union, I mean, yeah, and like, it didn't wipe out some percentage of their population. That's the difference too. Hmm. Um, yeah, the thing I think is why why this question is most you know needs to be asked is because this the season gave us so many conflicting views of the Romulans' position. Right. Like, we saw the planet, um, I forget the name of the planet, but the um, uh, the one that Picard went to when he picked up Elnor. Yeah. Um, and from that, it seemed like, oh, you only have a few, you know, a limited number of um, Romulans, and they are spread out. Yep. And they're living in, like, terrible conditions. This guy used to be a senator, and now he's living on this sort of wild Yeah, side. see, like, that's what I thought they were going to do. Yeah, so that was interesting. But then we see that the the, um, the Zatvaj are seen to be just as powerful, if not more powerful. Yeah. And then also at the yeah, end, yeah. they have 200 or some odd ships show up. Right. So they've got a big um, fleet. So, yeah, it's very confusing. Is it just the Zatvaj that are left with power? Yeah, and I mean, that also leads to another question too, right? Like, now that the Zatvash's secret is out, what does that mean? Right. And actually, to keep your analogy going, it would be like, let's say the Soviet Union collapsed. Yep. And then 20 years later, we find out the KGB has had its own secret empire going on the whole time. Yeah, you're like, wait, what? Yeah, how did yeah. you guys do that? Right, exactly. Uh, so You would assume... When the Soviet Union falls, the KGB also would be in disarray. It's it's one of those things that it doesn't hurt anything, but at the same time, 
knowing more about it would certainly help. But yes. I know not going into it, that's not the point of the of the show, right? But yeah. I still feel like well, what's I still feel like I need to know more about what's going on over there. Because if I'm yeah, to buy the because if I'm to buy the Romulans as a threat still. Yeah. yeah. I never knew if I was. Or is it only because here's my thought. My thought was all through the season was kind of it's not that the Romulans are a threat. It's that the Zat Baj are a threat because they're so, you know, they're like a spy agency and they've got people in Starfleet and they've got people over on the board cube and like they've infiltrated everything. Yeah. But right. then when they showed up with all the ships, then it seemed like, okay, no, they're actually a military power. They're not just a clandestine. Power. Yeah. What, it's like, okay, well, Romulans now, what do you consider your home world since Romulus and Remus are no more? Right. Yeah. Like what is, or are you strictly, you know, are they strictly nomads now? I don't know. Yeah. Actually, here's another wild speculation, but if you consider, like, let's say the United States collapsed, right? Yep. Uh, we still have military bases all over the world that have aircraft carriers and, sh- and airplanes and, mm. not airplanes, but jets, I guess. Right. And, you know, battleships and whatnot. So maybe you can consider it that way. They had their military outposts and they still had all their ships and things. Well, but, yeah. I mean, and at the same time, what I kept saying was, even though the supernova destroys Romulus and Remus. It's still an empire, right? So, but at the same time, we don't know how widespread that supernova was. We don't know sort of what the, the full effects of that supernova was. Did it only take out those planets? Well, no, because we did remember, we did learn from the comic that it went further out. Yes, we did. I forget what the comic said. It said, like, this planet, even though this planet is on, like, the outer edge of the destruction, it's still going to be, just, it's still going to be, it still could be completely destroyed. But. So they didn't have other planets. But we don't know if that actually took place, because Spock did manage to open up the black hole anyway. So we don't know if the supernova, even though the supernova did destroy Romulus and Remus, we don't know if it actually fully took out everything oh. else that was sort of in the path, right? Because in that comic, because here's the thing, they may say that in the comic, but in the movie, they say it's going to be a threat to the entire galaxy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, whoever's right or wrong, it doesn't, I mean, it's just, I think some explanation is, you know... I'm going to follow the comic just because it's um, yeah. more... It's more, yeah. I mean, the thing is, that comic retcons the countdown comic that was written before the 09 film which tells an entirely different chain of events leading up to the supernova so that's good so then that's we'll take that as our which surprises but also disappoints me in a little bit in a little bit a little bit too yeah 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 um i don't know like a movie tie-in comic but the thing is kurtzman's kurtzman's name is on both of those comics well, Christmas names on a lot. But this, but but the thing is, all of this tie-in media. Yeah, is it is, all? Is it all bullshit? No, it's actually it's canon because. Until it isn't. Right, that's the thing. Yeah, but it's like, which one do I believe? The more recent one. I would. Yeah. So. And since I didn't read the old one, it's easy for me to not believe the one that I don't know anything about. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so that ties me to it does not actually lead to any sort of segue, but <laughs> I know we were both wondering about this. 
is what will be the status of Dr. Girardi? Because Dr. Girardi yeah. is guilty of murder. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one because even though she was doing what Commodore O had said, she also, I think that vision has a lot to do with it because they say the vision, you can't handle it. It'll drive you crazy. Even though she didn't see the whole thing. So we like, talked about this. And I said we could use a temporary insanity. Temporary insanity type of thing, yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I, I have no doubt Allison Pill will be back next season, so they'll probably concoct some way of writing her character out of it. But um, I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the other question though: Will she be back in her current role? Because now that the synth ban is lifted, her place really should be back at the um, Daystrom Institute. Especially now that they can, you know, investigate making synths like Data, right? Yes. Or maybe, actually now maybe going to the Daystrom Institute doesn't make any sense. And it makes more sense for her to stay with uh, Sloan. Who knows? Yeah. A lot of for yeah, I, the thing is, she had such a oddly specific function this season that yeah, would, if they... Yeah, what do they do? With, sort of like, what do they do with her? Everybody else, like in... Everybody else makes sense. Yes, right? and seven but, part of the crew now makes sense. But Girardi, unless she's just a doctor, but they have an emergency medical hologram anyway. Yeah. And I don't, but she's not really a medical. I mean, she's no. a medical doctor, sort of, I think, but not fully. But she, I think she could be in the show, but not in the crew. She was, yeah, she was. Girardi was there for a very specific function with regard to the synth plot. Where they go next season, unless this synth thing continues, um, I don't. I do wonder what her role is at that point. Right. If they continue with some element of the synth... Well, Picard, is a, well, Picard is a synth, don't forget now. Right. So. so maybe he needs to go get tuned up by Girardi every couple episodes. Yeah, I mean, is that is that it? But, um, I mean, I but can she say... can still be a character, because let's say it does go the road that I hope it does with the Picard fighting to get the synths integrated. Yeah. She could fit into that even if she's not on the crew. I mean, I'll say, I'll say this much, and this is nothing against Alison Pill or her talents, but if they did not bring her back, I would not be devastated. Oh wow! Yeah, I thought you was I thought she was great personally. I mean, she was great for the role she played, right? But like, if they decided there's no place for her now, I wouldn't yeah. care. I'd be like, okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, Al- I mean, sorry, Allison. Tell us how I feel. Well, yeah, no, and, and you know, don't keep a character around just because you like the character. Keep it around because it makes sense. Yes. Yes, agreed. Um, well, that leads me to another question, sort of, is will we, will Sung be in next season? And if Sung is, it makes sense that Girardi could be. Yeah, I wonder about that. Um, One thing, I'm sure um, Patrick Stewart would like to have Brent Spiner around. And I'm sure Brent Spiner is more opening to do it, it so long as he's not in the yeah. gold makeup. Because I think that that truly was Data's swan song, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this was one of the few times we saw him in Trek without his Data makeup. So, I mean, Brent Spiner could come back and play fucking any member of the Soong family, right? He plays all of them anyway. Yeah, um, they all the same. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I don't think that he's going to be part of the main cast, obviously. But um, I see no reason why he wouldn't be back. I mean, I think I think 
honestly, we're going to see the entire next-gen cast at some time or another. I'm sure there will be some way of weaving him back into a storyline somehow. Um, yeah, so, so if, if he can be woven back in, then Girardi can be in and make sense. Right. Because yeah. it just means that the synth story will continue. Well, the synth, synths will continue to be a factor in some way. I mean, again, I'm, the thing is, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure Allison Pill will be back next season as a regular. It's just, I, mm. as I said, because her role was so oddly specifically tied to the synth storyline. Yeah. It only makes me guess what the, what her role is now, because that's what she was there for. So yeah. I'm it, sure she it, will be back. I just don't know in what in what capacity. Right. And if she's yeah. on the crew, it would have to be some sort of a like explanation that's like, you know what? I realize that. And plus, who knows if there here's the other thing. If for this show to make sense, as of right now, I don't know that this crew stays together. I don't see if they have any reason to. Yeah, that's the that's the uh that's the other thing I'm wondering about. Yeah, because... no, one, no one in the crew makes any sense staying in the crew. Right. Like, what What crew? When it's Starfleet, you know there's a crew because they're on a mission to go fly around and do stuff. Yeah, like, Picard people needed... people have no reason to fly around and do stuff. Picard needed them all to get what he needed done. Now that he's got it yeah. done... Yeah. Because we don't know where they're going next season. What is the motivation? Or is it just like, oh, yeah, we're all friends now, we're all tight. Eh, we'll stay together, we're a new family, like... No, I don't think so. I think yeah. it was going to be... I think, I think maybe it's going to be totally different. Well, don't forget, so, well, actually, we're forgetting one, sorry, let me go back to Girardi for a second, because we're forgetting one big thing, we're forgetting one thing, Soji is now along for the ride as well. Yes. So. Well, yeah, but what ride? They I mean, just put, the, the ride being the crew, she's part of the crew now, but we don't know what that, right, because the crew, but we don't know what for. Here's, here's the actual, according to their mission, here's what they have left to do. Rios goes and drops people back off, and he collects his money from Picard. Oh, yes, exactly. That's it. That's the yeah. only mission they have left. Yeah. Now and they have to go back and get they have to go back and get Laris. Now Rio, here's a, here's a, okay. I'm I'm going on total speculation, but it's interesting, right? How about this? Mm. Picard goes back to Earth. He brings Soji with him, and Pill, Allison Pill, Doctor Girardi, and Sung, let's say, right? Because they're trying to get like full integration of whatever. Uh, Rios, yeah, Rafi, and Seven, and Elnor go and join the Fenris Rangers. So they stay together in that way, and then somehow they get brought back to That's my theory. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, the season ends, they're warping off into space, he says engage, and I'm like, this is great. I'm like, this is great. But where are they going? Yeah, they're going back to Earth, and they're just, right. all right, pay- <laughs> Like, wh- where are we going next? And yeah. that's, and, you know, look, Shabon, that's probably the question he wants us asking, but it's like, I don't know. I know why they're all here for this mission. Yeah. Why are they, yeah, to your point, why are they staying together for the, yeah. you know. So I we, think that yeah. if, if we expect that now they're just, because I know a lot of people were like, you know, man, this could have just been three episodes, and then he's a robot in their crew, and they're in space, but I don't think we're going to get them on a crew flying around having missions next season, like a lot of people seem to think. So there will be no five-year mission on the La Serena for this crew. Right. Yeah, and so even if, yeah, that's the other thing. Like with Picard, a retired admiral now. If they just go out into space, like they're not. I mean, technically, they're not really answering to anybody. I mean, I don't know how that works in that time. 
Right, wouldn't these like, sort of be like pirates? Yeah, yeah or... exactly. Like what? I don't smugglers. Like I don't even know. Yeah, that's why I think if they're most like anyone, it's like the Fenris Rangers. Yeah, yeah, they're just a ship of people out there trying to do good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. So I think that might be. Yeah, I mean, one thing that you had said very early on in the season is that you, I don't think you said I think, I think you just wondered if it was going to be the case, whether or not the plot this season was just going to be the first in a larger plot that's just going to continually evolve throughout the season. So like, you know, the same story, yeah, like we're now one, we're like one foot into it, what's the next sort of... Yeah, or like, are you still feeling that way, or do you think, no, no. next season they're just going to go in a totally different direction now? No, I think that they will take some of the ideas and build on them, yep. but I do think that they answered most of the big thing. I was more thinking um, that they could, let me think of a good example. Um, like, let's say they solved what happened to Maddox and like the planet and where Soji and Dodge specifically came from, yep. but they didn't yep. figure out like why the Zatvaj were into it. And the next season was like uncovering what the Zatvaj were doing. I thought it would be something like that. Yeah. Which we won't get that. Yeah, probably yeah. not. I mean, I, yeah, it's that this is more, I mean, even though that's a question, it's obviously meant to be more speculative. We don't, yeah. We don't know where they're going, and it's because, in my opinion, the season didn't end with that hook, right? It didn't end in that cliffhanger, like giving you a tease as to what's to come next season. Except it gave us that Picard is now a synth, and that's got to play a big factor in some way. Right. Don't know how. But there wasn't that sort of to-be-continued moment. Right, or right. it wasn't like... Priority distress signal. Yeah, and the Enterprise didn't. Up. The Enterprise didn't show up, or like you know, yeah. there was nothing like, that. Yeah. Yeah, or there's another planet of sense that needs our help. Right. Head out. There was like there was none of that, and so yeah. on the one hand, that's good. On the other hand, it's maybe a little frustrating because we just don't know. We have no idea where they're yeah. going to go. And but I do think that we. I think it's going to be unexpected. Yeah, I mean, I don't think my my guess is, and I could be way way off base. Maybe they just don't, because you and you and I could speculate until we're blue in the face on all of this. Uh-huh. But there, but there's nothing there's nothing about the way the season ended that's going to that is going to inform what the plot for the next season is, in my opinion. I don't think so. Except a couple. It's sort of, of like it's sort of like the sky is the limit. They could just go anywhere. Right, but I do think that they put in effect a few things that have that should be dealt with. Yeah. And that's not only are synth is the synth band lifted, but yeah. now they are recognizing synths as members of the Federation, I believe. Or at least starting that process. But do you see that as being the crux of the whole season though? Uh, no, but I see it factoring in. Factoring because in only because they're doing that at the same time Picard is now a synth. Like that's too juicy to not Dig into. Right. But that's more of a... That's like a character plot, but not like a plot of the season. Or that's something you deal with in a line of dialogue or like for a little bit of an episode, right? Like that's, well, a, think, that's a thread I, that you... Yeah. Well, okay. Yes. Or you could make that the whole season if you wanted. Like imagine they, they start this, right? And then there's a big part of the population and even some part of some faction in Starfleet that resists. Yep. 
because they don't trust it or they don't think that they should allow synths in. And, you know, there could be this whole fight and then Picard is like, they, so there could be as big or as little as they want it to be. Yeah. Because yeah. I would assume there would be some people that won't like the idea. Let's say you're someone whose family died in the Utopia Planitia accident. Someone just says, oh, no, trust us. That was it wasn't their fault. And we're going to let since it would be, right? they might be very against that. It would be interesting. So now you've got my juices flowing, sort of. Does it sort of unleash a wave of xenophobia? Remember and um. Remember yes. after remember after the Zindi attack on Enterprise there in the beginning of season four like humanity went through that little bit of that bout of xenophobia and they deal it with it like in that two part finale that that humans actually became very xenophobic as a result of the Zindi attack and they don't want like other ships going out there like saying here's where we are come to our planet because they're afraid they're going to get attacked again and more lives are going to be lost you could do something like that. Again, I mean, as they always say, history always repeats itself, right? Yes. Yeah. That that could be a cool... Yeah, I mean, that could be a cool aspect of it, um, assuming they continue with the... Um, with the synth storyline. Um, and then also, that gives you... That, that gives Allison Pill a reason for continuing to be there. Yes. Because yeah. she's going to be an expert that knows how they work and all that. Um, I hope... I mean... Talking about it sounds exciting. I mean, I hope that that's at least something that I, I hope that's something that they explore because. Yeah, and then the coolest thing is like, I, in that story, I don't see any reason for a single space battle or shoot em, shooting battle. No, I mean you it's know? it's strictly that's strictly character drama at that point. And that's okay. Yeah. Especially if you consider like think of it this way: if you consider each oh this is a fun way to think about it if you think of each season. Mm-hmm as an episode of Next Generation, mm-hmm. you had some episodes in Next Gen where there was no space battle and no, you know, fights. I can't think of one that actually really had a battle. They just had, like, skirmishes, but never, like, a well, full-on yeah, battle, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Skirmishes. Yeah. And certainly lots of, like, phaser shooting and, right. you know, fights of different kinds. Yeah. So I think that would be interesting direction yeah i mean i could see there being several scenes in that in a season like that where picard and Riker are sort of the voice of reason saying you know we can't forget who we are like this is not who we are like yeah yeah new life new civilizations well that's exactly what we've got here ladies and gentlemen yeah absolutely um that's, that's another question. I wonder what Riker's role will be. Because that synth band was in place for a while, for for what, fifteen years, something like that. So yeah, yeah. I think I mean, as far as anyone knew, Data was the only. Think of those people who grew up only knowing that, and now it's like, wait, what? And plus, think of the people that only grew up knowing before type synths. And yeah. I'm sure people heard about Data, but um, you know, I don't think Data was on TV all the time or anything. In, in, in the universe of Star Trek. So imagine them now seeing a person that looks fully human and finding out that they're synths. I mean, obviously they know about aliens and all that, but I think that would be a different... I, I think if they told a story like that, it would be a very... I could see that potentially being a good parallel. I could see them somehow paralleling our real world today. I feel like there's stuff in there that they could, that they could mess with. 
Oh, of course. I mean, think about it. Like, for instance, um, a small per a small percentage of um, Muslims commit terrorism, and yet there are some people that don't trust any Muslim. So, you know, that's yeah. one parallel that jumps right out to me. Yeah. yeah, and I know that some would argue, well, this is the humanity of Star Trek. We're supposed to be beyond this type of thinking or behaving but and while on the one hand yes i agree going in that direction having humanity react in such a way makes for much more dramatic storytelling yes but here's another sad thing of a fact of history that i think people don't consider is that progress does not move only i knew you were going to say this yeah like you know we, Sometimes you make advances and then you backslide. But yeah, and, and look, like all of these, where we get as a race, it's not always like, think of like the wars that we have fought in this world. I mean, some were for the wrong reasons, but they were always, at the very least, they were all for a cause. And in some situations, we became, we came out of that better than we were before. Yeah. I mean, right. you can look at, like, say, World War II. Yeah. Everybody feels good about World War II, despite what, you know, it's more complicated than that. But everyone feels good, right? Hitler was bad. Right. We defeated him. That's great. Right. And then you, you maybe you would take that and think, well, now the U.S. is only go- going forward. It's only going to be involved in good wars where we're going against bad yeah, people. Like and then you, Vietnam happens. You don't just... Vietnam was a disaster and the... realize at the end it was kind of pointless. And, we, you know, so... The thing is, like, as a people, you don't just arrive, right? Like... In a lot of ways, humanity, and especially in Star Trek, th- we grow up the hard way. You don't just evolve overnight. You, you learn from yourself and continue to be better. And you make mistakes yeah. along the way. You have to make mistakes in order to be to be better. Yes. I mean, immediately after the Civil War, there were some, uh, I wish I knew the number, but there were some high number of African Americans in the Congress, in the House of Representatives. Mm immediately after and then you know within 20 years you've got the ku klux klan and you've got jim crow laws in the south and you don't see another elected african-american from the south for you know whatever 80 years or something so then we get the first president right right yeah but you go from seeming like oh we solved that somewhat to then the 1960s and civil rights having to happen so rarely does does progress just happen one and then okay we're done with that and then stay that way right yeah yeah to your point you slide back and i don't know the quote entirely but um picard says something like this on next generation he's in the observation lounge he's looking out the window Worf is standing behind him i think it's the drumhead i can't remember what i think that's the one but his lines are something like you think that as a people we've come so far in the days of, you know, witches and heretics and all that stuff, you think that we've moved on, and then, sure enough, it all starts up all over, it all starts all over again. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I forget the actual, I, I, don't, I didn't get the quote right, but it's, yeah, but, that's the yeah. gist of that quote. He's basically saying, you think that we've evolved to the point where we're, beyond, we're past this, but yet it's able to rear its ugly head again somehow. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly how it goes. Yeah, I think, and I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding in some ways of sort of the humanity of Star Trek, right? Like, 
what does it mean to be a perfect human? You know, that's an extremely, um, you know, subjective statement. I mean, the way I see it, Discovery does a good job of it, in my opinion. Like, every Star Trek has their own spin on it, but I like Discovery's take on it. And I think it's because I've, you know, gotten a bit older in these days. But what Discovery does is when somebody is having, is, is not feeling well, you know, they're, anxiety is getting to them or whatever like the crew what the crew on discovery does is they do check in on each other they say are you okay they hang out at each other's console so it's more about like sort of having a very safe workplace in a lot of ways where you have these humans who just love and support each other right Mm. and i think the humanity of trek in a lot of ways is just it's not that Perfect humanity doesn't mean that we're not going to make mistakes. It means that we're not going to be judgmental to one another or, you know, be kind of racist to each other or anything or stereotype each other for that sort of thing. The way I see it is that humanity in Trek, everybody has a place. Everybody has a reason for being there no matter what. No matter what. Mm, Yeah. Totally. And... So I don't know how I got on that tension, but yeah. yeah no, and, and I think one other thing popped in my head as far as the how things don't just progress forward is um, if you asked anyone in 1954 or something, or 1950, 1950, that, oh, um, 70 years from now, there will be the danger of fascism in different parts of the world again. No one would have thought that that was possible. They would have thought fascism, like, no, we are World War II. Everybody knows fascism is bad. Like, other things could come up, but fascism is gone. Yeah, But no, exactly. from parts of the world, like, right-wing fascism is on the rise. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, you think that we have eliminated all this, all of this, all of these things, and yet somehow, yeah, you know, come back. under some circumstance, they will come back. So, um... Yeah. And actually, I have an interesting interpretation of the rise of Skywalker that has to do with fascism, but I'll save that for our non-existent... For, for what? Our Star Wars podcast? <laughs> our non-existent Star Wars podcast. I mean, I think, honestly, I, I know maybe it seems like it's not the right place for it, but, I mean, I would say go for it. I mean, if it doesn't take up too much time. No, well, it's just... So, a lot of it has been about, well, what, what, Palpatine was there. I thought they killed Palpatine. Doesn't that take away, like, the sacrifice that they made to get rid of Palpatine? But I say Palpatine represents, like, fascism mm. and that type of ideology and the fact that it's never gone. There's always the danger that it's going to come back if you're not constantly, like, on the lookout for it and trying to suppress it. Right. So just like fascism, you think you have it killed, and then slowly the conditions rise, and it builds off somewhere off in the dark recesses that you don't even realize, and then boom, it's back. Well, and I'll help you with that. I mean, that's the First Order is the same situation. I mean, you think you defeated the Empire, but then, you know, here comes the First Order as a result. Like, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I think that would be a little more poignant. despite, Despite, you know, going on a bit of a tangent about that, I think that would be an interesting place to take the show next season. Yes, I think so. In that idea of, yeah, so maybe people aren't actually all perfect all the time when things can change. 
Yeah. So yeah, I think that might be interesting. But like we said, and I think it's good that we recognize that is we have we really have no idea what the hell's going to happen because they could go so many directions. Right. We think well, we so many directions. It's not about spinning or guessing where they're going to go. It's it's really more about hoping where they go. Yeah. Right. But we have no. One of the, yeah. One of the juicy threads that are left hanging, and for us, I think it's the synth situation and the Borg situation are the big big ones. Yep. Yep, but otherwise, I mean, we have no evidence over where the what the plot is going to be. So, nope, nope. We we'll have to wait until we can only start. we can only hope. But we have to wait till this pandemic comes to a close first before they can. Uh, yes. Do yes. that because you know that's kind of a, I, I, actually. So on that note, I do know one thing. Patrick Stewart did say he does not want a pandemic story next season. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Which is fine because neither do I. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to want a pandemic story. No, just, yeah. we've, uh, you know, that's the thing. Like, you know, even though Trek does do like the does mirror like what's happening on modern in modern day, it's like don't parallel what's happening like right now. Yeah. Right. In a lot of cases, we're all having plenty of. I mean, I know the Vietnam War was going on and stuff like that, but it, Trek was Trek kind of also was like, well, this is a parallel for you know this happening, but it happened fifty years ago, so it doesn't always have to be happening right now. Right. Yeah. And certainly civil rights, but you know they they hit it well. Yeah. Actually, um, they didn't. They didn't hit it well at all. Now that I think about it. Any other uh, questions you want to um, address? That's it for me. That's it for you. Yep. And I think for me, just I've got small things. I mean, you know, we know Guinan's going to be back next season. Mm-hmm. You know, what role is she going to play next season? Um, yep. you know, what's the deal with Raffi and Seven's relationship? Are we going to go into that? Um, are we going to see the Enterprise? What Enterprise are they on at this point? Are we still, mm-hmm. is it still the Enterprise E or have they moved on to the Enterprise F? Um, well, that's right, because Raffi and Seven seem to be a little romantic at the end, right? Yeah. Yep. Elnor's going to be bummed. Yeah. So Elnor definitely had a crush on Seven. Right. So... Yeah, there are those. So, just kind of small questions, right? Like, what's, yeah, what are they going to be doing there? Um, you know, I still believe that we're going to basically, at one t- point or another, see the entire next gen cast. Maybe not all together, but I think over time we will see all of them. I think it would be ridiculous if Q did not return at some point. Oh right. Yeah, like how can you? How can you not? That's tough. I mean, it would have to be for a reason, right? So powerful. Yeah. So people, this is what I love about the internet. People are saying, you know, when wondering about that, are they going to bring Q back? It's like, well, John Delancey is getting old now, and I think to myself, y'all need to get over this age thing. Yeah. Like we yeah. all we all know that they are actors just playing characters and they are not immune to age as much as we would like them yeah. to be. Plus, that should not be a reason to not bring him back. Plus how great would it be? Q would just say like, I decided to uh, change my appearance to be more appropriate to match your own, Picard. You're not looking so good. That's all he would have to say. Right. right. Like and even then, like that's an extreme circumstance. I mean yeah, it's funny. It's Trek funny. fans know that these are not. This is not real. These are actors playing these characters. They are not immune yeah. to age. You know, that was the first thing people said when they heard Brent Spiner's going to be. They're like, "Oh, he's going to look so old." It's like, what the, what the, can't. yeah. And you can tell they did some stuff to make him look younger, and he didn't look exactly the same, but it worked fine. No, but like, 
if you if that's if you're looking for that on the show, then why? <laughs> Yeah. You know, is my question, but just let it go. Like, y'all need to get over this age thing. We age. They're actors. We all age. It happens. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but those are my sort of small questions, but that, that's more, those are not unanswered questions this season. It's just more speculative for next season and potentially even beyond that. So, yeah. so um, I guess one of my small questions too is just, and you sort of mentioned it, but what's the deal with Commodore O and yeah, like is Starfleet now at war with the Zatvaj or the remaining Romulan? Yeah. Whatever. And are they going to do a house cleaning of Starfleet to make sure they don't have any other? Well, yeah. And like, are they, is that sort of, I mean, I don't think they're at war with the Romulans now, but even so, Zavage, at least they probably, I mean, I don't know. They they infiltrated Starfleet. They killed a bunch of Federation citizens when right. they programmed the, the, the synths to destroy them. I mean, if that's not an act of war, I don't know what is. I mean, that's where Laris has to come into play because she knew she obviously told up Picard everything about the Zatvash. So it's like, right. all right, Laris, well, you got to go talk to Starfleet and tell them everything you know because... Yeah. yeah, because that's a pretty big terrorist attack that the Zatvaj committed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, when you talk about name dropping and you talk about the fact that lore wasn't name dropped, I'm actually surprised that Shinzon from Nemesis wasn't even name dropped at all. Like they didn't even specify like the events of that movie. His name yeah. was, they never even mentioned him by name, yeah. Even if it was just like all oh, those Romans are always up to crazy shit like Shinzon. Shinzon or yeah. So, or like you know, like another one of their crazy ideas, like cloning Picard. Oh, oh, well, that reminds me though. Uh, we addressed it a little bit last week, but um, what's the deal with Narek? Like, what happened to him? Oh yeah. You know, don't forget about Narek. Yeah. They have him prisoner. Well, I, I only heard about this online, and it was through a comment on a message board. But I think it stated that during one of Michael. Shabon's impromptu Q and A's that they actually had a scene where he was being taken into custody, but okay. it was deleted. But there's also that there's that debate among fans like if it's a deleted scene, is it canon? So, right, because it could be deleted just because they didn't think it fit anymore story wise, or it could just be oh the episode's running long and we don't really need it. Right. So um, where does he do these things? I want to. I think I think he was doing them on I think he was sort of doing them on Instagram I don't know, um, but yeah so I think that's a question that's definitely a question and that can just and that can just be a line of dialogue right, um, but the thing is like Narek I don't even know what I think about him because I, I can't really say with certainty he was the villain of the season so like I don't it almost doesn't matter to me what his deal is because he wasn't really much of a threat. It was more the Romulans themselves. Like he just, he went back and forth between bad guy, good guy, anti-hero. Like I don't, yeah, he was yeah. really inconsistent. Yeah. So, and I don't, don't like it. Poor, poor Spock imitator, poor Ethan Peck Spock imitator. Yeah. And yeah. like clearly from Northern England. Right. In the speech and his teeth and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 I'd be curious to have the show at least address 
his whereabouts, but I don't need like a whole. Yeah, I don't need the further adventures it's, in Eric. It's yeah, it's it's one sentence. So. But maybe he could be a source of information for the other part, you know, for like knowing what happened and all that. Yeah, I mean, he he is a Zafash, I believe. So. Um, right, he could be a. You know, he could be a. What's the word when you turn a witness? Like an asset. State's evidence. He could turn state's evidence. Mm-hmm. A hostile witness. A uh, informant. Informant. Gotcha. Or a. But again, that. that that could that could just as easily be a sentence to say. It could be, or it could be more. Whatever the writers want to do, I trust them. We're in good hands. Yeah, but I don't want a whole episode on it. I don't need. I don't, I don't need. I don't need forty-five minutes on Narek. You know. <laughs> Unless they make it good. Especially after that wonderful slide they were doing around down the hallway, which I just was like, oh, God. But you know what? Even that, because the rest of the show was so good, I was just like, all right, I that get was, it. That was like Picard's Titanic moment, you know, where the two of them were dancing and, like, holding, you know, that was... Yeah. yeah. So. Or the... Yeah. So. Cool. Well, I guess what this means is this is really our final... Star Trek Picard themed podcast episode until the show returns, or at least until we know something about the next season yes. and begin more speculating. But we want to do any episodes, which we may or may not, depending on how bored we get during this shutdown. But at least for the time being, yeah. I mean, we have season three of Discovery to look forward to. We don't know when that's coming. There's been no indication yet. Um, right. I think this pandemic is having an effect on it because I was reading that they haven't been able to successfully score the show yet. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. You know, they could do it remotely. One would think, but I don't know. Anyway, yes, and yes, we'll be back though, of course. Yeah, Yeah. I think you know one thing we could do is obviously the shutdown. I almost said shut in, but same thing, I guess. This uh, lockdown is still taking place. We don't know when it's going to end, and so you know there could be some specific things we could do talking about like oh you know we're stuck inside so let's talk about our favorite original series episodes or yeah. you know do we, we could the Q, we could do the Q episodes do or we something. do we sort of compile that you know yeah that lockdown binge watch playlist of what trek episodes to watch so i think we can i think in the times between the end of the season and the beginning of season 3 of discovery we could go a little bit more um broadly oh, yeah. and kind of embrace the yeah. more embrace the um the uh you know we'll be back in some way sure but i would like to y'all to give us a rating if you feel that we deserve it and give us the rating that you think we deserve on whatever platform it is that you listen to us on i think the rating should be five i think i I think we deserve that i think we earned it but you know it's up to each and every listener to make that the most stars on your respective podcast Platform. If we earned it, give it to us. Yeah. And um, the comment is nice too. Yeah, very much so. Or and tell a friend. Tweet tell a friend. It. Make flyers with little pull-offs on the bottom. Put them around your neighborhood. Whatever you want to do it. Yeah, make flyers. Make it seem like you're trying to save Star Trek, like in 1968, and just put flyers on everything. <laughs> like you're picketing the network. <laughs> A letter writing campaign. Yeah, but um, but this officially concludes our the podcast's third season. 
Yes. If that, if you can, if you can believe that. Yeah, because we did it for yeah season one of Discovery, season two, and now Lipikov. Yeah, we, I mean we did some stuff in between, but it was still considered the respective season to whatever one it was tied to. So yeah. Um, but this concludes our third season, and our fourth season will begin whenever um, mm-hmm. with the official start of Discovery. And you know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb right here, and I'm gonna say of the three seasons that we've done. Mm-hmm. Not that we've done, but rather what Star Trek has done. This is my favorite season of new Star Trek. Picard, season one, so far. Yeah, I can understand that. I can understand. I mean, it was definitely the most consistently good season, and I would say most thought-out season. Whether you thought the season, whether a person thought the season was good or not, is a different story, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, everybody has their opinion on what they thought of the storyline. But mm-hmm. I think. Um, I didn't see anything majorly problematic that hindered my enjoyment. No, and I think probably a case of the behind the scenes, the fact that there was no removal of showrunners. It was a consistent staff from beginning to end. They seemed to have their shit together for this one. Very much so. Yeah, and I like to think that maybe with Discovery they were working the kinks out and finally they were able to kind of, you know, hit on something. So, you know. I'm hoping this, and again, I'm hoping this continues into uh, season three of Discovery. So, um, you know, because again, we may criticize Discovery just for the issues that it's had, but it's not as if we don't like it. Like, you and I have said numerous times, like, we want the show to do well. We want the show to succeed. We're not, we're not, we're not like, we're not the hate watching group, right? No, 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 no. Yeah. And and that's why it was so, it was so hard, it was so disheartening for us when the show lost us yeah we we didn't when we season didn't, two lost us it was just yeah was, we didn't enjoy that we didn't enjoy talking about it like that it may have sounded like it at points but we didn't enjoy yeah so um but you know i have my fingers crossed that uh we'll get a much more uh consistently well thought out experience for uh season three so i'm cheering i'm cheering both i'm cheering both shows in any any future uh, star trek on wanting it to be as successful as it can. I don't root for Trek's failure, unlike some of those haters online who do. No way. Yeah. Support your franchise, man. Yes. Pay for your Star Trek. Support your franchise. When it's good, you know, I mean, like I say, just like with us, you know, you rate it what it deserves. Right. Yeah, all right. All right. Don't go in, you know, pitchforks and torches at the ready. Yeah. That's the issue. Go in with an open mind. Yeah. All right, well, uh, I guess we'll be back whenever. In the meantime, we'll be on our other podcast, Primetime yes. Prime Oddities. Primetime Oddities. Primetime Oddities, which will, I guess, be officially, we've got one episode done, um, <laughs> but it will officially evolve into its own podcast, um, I guess, with the next episode, whenever that is. Yeah. We will yes. um, we will tweet that out as soon as it's ready. We hope you didn't mind too much us invading the Star Trek feed. Hope some of you even enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's it. All right. Thanks for listening. Peace out, everyone.